What is happening, guys? Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon. And today we're going to talk about eating your feelings. So as a transformational coach, I deal with this with a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients, when they get off the rails or when they eat things that they quote unquote should not be eating as prescribed by the goals that they've set for losing weight and getting healthy, nine chances out of 10, you know, when that question comes up, well, what's going on? Like, why are you not following the program? Why are you not following, you know, the prescribed nutritional intake? Most of the time it will come back to, well, I'm an emotional eater or, well, when I get upset, I eat or when I get nervous, I snack or when I get this, I eat blank. And it always comes back to some level of emotional eating or um, anxiety causing them to want comfort foods or food is somehow comforting to them. And I want to give you guys some analogies today that might help you not only understand how this is an issue and how we need to address this issue, but also give you a new perspective on the complexity and the seriousness of that simple statement, I'm an emotional eater or I eat my feelings. It's really, it's quintessentially the reason I wrote my first book, The Overweight Mind. In The Overweight Mind, guys, I don't talk, I don't say one word about eat this, don't eat that. I don't talk at all about donuts being bad for you and kale being good for you. I don't give you a prescribed diet. I don't tell you that paleo is better than this or that you should watch your saturated fats. I strictly talk about the emotional and mental reasons why people are struggling with their weight. So if you haven't read the book, I highly suggest you get it. If you've read the book and you're still struggling, I suggest you go back through the book and do the exercises at the end of each chapter. That's why I designed the book the way I did. It's not just a read, put on the shelf, and never think about again. It's a book that can be utilized over and over and over again to help you get to the next level of your new mindset around nutritional intake, your new mindset around food. And I think, I don't don't think, I know it is the missing link in the quote-unquote diet world. The the world of diets and nutrition, guys, is a multi-billion dollar industry. And we're getting bigger. I wrote about this the other day on a post. There were, I can't even think of the number now. It was, it was something astronomical. The number of healthy cookbooks that were produced every year. So the number of healthy cookbooks is, is produced every year is an astronomical number. I wish I could remember the statistic. It would be like, Jay, this really does us no value. It could have been four. But it's, it, was in the, it was in the thousands, guys. The, like 30,000 healthy cookbooks a year. Something like that. And they they think or they they predict that that number will increase by 21% next year. Meaning next year we'll have 21% more healthy cookbooks on the market than we have today. Here's the, here's the caveat to that. We've never been bigger. We've never been more unhealthy. We've never been more obese. Um, disease states have never been at a higher level. Does that make sense? With the amount of information that we have, the amount of data that we have, you can Google, guys, what should I eat? What is a healthy diet? And you could get more information than you could ever consume. But yet we still struggle with weight loss. We still struggle with being overweight. We still struggle with disease states. We still struggle, 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 struggle. And it doesn't make any sense. 
That's why I wrote the first book because it has nothing to do with the food. It has to do with your mental makeup around why you are doing the things that you're doing. Let me give you a couple of analogies. If you have a problem with alcohol, if you consume alcohol when you when you get sad, when you get anxious, when you get emotional, when you get depressed, when you don't feel blank, you're considered an alcoholic, right? If you do drugs, if you do meth, whenever you get emotional, you're sad, you're depressed, you're anxious, or you don't feel good, you're considered a drug addict. But if you consume copious amounts of Haagen-Dazs, if you eat 17 Big Macs, or you lock yourself in the closet and eat 14 bags of potato chips, you're just emotional. You're just an emotional eater. Not a big deal, right? Obesity kills more people than alcoholism and drug addiction. Wrap your mind around that. But it's not a big deal. If you have a problem with booze, you go to rehab. If you have a problem with drugs, you go to rehab. They do some kind of 12-step program to tap into not the booze and the meth, but the emotional and the mental reasons that you're going to the booze and the meth. But if we do the same thing with food, we're just sad. We're just depressed. We're just anxious. We're just overwhelmed. We're just emotional. Now, I'm not saying you need to go to rehab if you have these problems with food, but what I'm telling you is there is no difference. Addiction is addiction is addiction is addiction. And if you're addicted to sugar, it's really no different than being addicted to alcohol or, or, or meth for that matter. In actuality, in statistical analysis, it's actually more catastrophic. That there's a higher death rate associated with being obese with food addiction than there is with meth and booze combined. Wrap your head around that. That's insane if you think about it from that perspective. Now, we can abstain from booze and we can abstain from meth. We don't have to have those things. We need to consume food. So that's even more, that makes it even more important that we get an understanding around why it is that we're doing the things that we're doing. I'm not, listen, I'm going to say it again. That's the reason I wrote my first book, The Overweight Mind. Don't read the damn thing. but. Get yourself in a place where you're starting to understand why you're doing what you're doing, not just the fact that you're doing it. It's not okay just to say, well, I'm an emotional eater. Well, okay, you might be an emotional eater, but there's something bigger attached and tied to that that you have to get a grasp on if you're ever going to get control of your emotional eating. And your emotional eating will kill you and probably kill you faster than booze or meth. That may be silly. You may die faster from meth. I really don't. I've never done meth. But I, for the sake of this podcast, it's going to kill you faster than booze or meth. So here's the deal, guys. Don't just say I'm an emotional eater. Don't just say I eat this when I feel blank. Like start to uncover, start to unravel the reasons why you're doing it. Like there's something deeper inside of there. There's something deeper going on than when you get sad, you snack. Like so you have to tap into what is it that's making you feel the way you're feeling and start to work on that, start to repair that damage so that you don't just keep creating more damage to your physical body and to your internal body. You have to fix that emotional body. If you don't fix that, guys, you're going to put yourself in a state. You're going to damage your physical body to a place of no return. 
and I'm not doing this podcast to make you feel bad about yourselves. I get it. Like there's, when I get a client like this, I want nothing more than to help them get over this. And this is one of the main things we focus on. I believe that transformations of any kind start with 80% psychology or mindset and 20% mechanics. Now, what does that mean? I believe that you know what to eat. You know what is good. You know what is bad. You might need some help with structure and when and timing and this and that and just some, some hand-holding, some support and some accountability, but you are not stupid. You know if you go through a drive through window and it comes in a brown paper sack, you know it's not healthy. I don't need to tell you that. You know that kale is healthier than, than donuts. You know that, that salads are better than candy bars. You know that broccoli is better than, hell, pretty much anything, Right? You know that. You don't need to be told that. You don't need to hire anybody to walk you through that. What you need to hire somebody for, what you need to read the books for, is to figure out the 80%, the big part, the problem. The problem lies in the 80%, guys. The problem lies in the psychology. The problem lies in the mindset. It doesn't lie within the food. It's not inside that bag. That's not the problem. The problem's in the brain. The problem's in the way we think about things. The problem's in the way we associate to things. The problem is the way we respond to things. And if you don't fix those things, if you don't work on those things, then the likelihood of you ever achieving what the goals you have for your physical body are slim to none. And this is why if you're in my program, if you're in my Thrive Forever Fit program, if you've ever even thought about it, this is what we focus on. I'm highly different than most of your nutritional and fitness coaches. Will you get nutritional and fitness counseling? 100%. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, if we do not address the reasons that you got to where you got to, and it's not because you just make bad decisions, then you will never have a chance of keeping that weight off permanently. Any trainer, any nutritionist, any person can deprive you and beat you into submission and get you to lose 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. But as soon as they go away and the beatings stop, you're going to go right back to doing what you used to do before you met that person. That's why it's imperative that when you're choosing, that the word diet, I don't even like it. It makes me want to throw up in my mouth. The word diet is the biggest lie on the planet. You have to find something that is sustainable long-term, sustainable day in and day out, that's not deprivation, that's not punishment, that's not painful. You have to find something that works for you long-term. And the only way you're going to do that is if you get a grasp on the 80%. You get a grasp on the psychology and the mindset behind why you're doing what you're doing. Got it? All right. I hope that little rant helps you guys. You know I love you. You know I do this because I want to see you succeed. You know I just want to give you that little nudge, that little disruption in the way you're thinking, the way you're acting, and the way you're doing things that's just going to make you better because you deserve it. You are, you're, you're a beautiful human and you deserve to start behaving that way. You deserve to start treating yourself with the same level of respect that I want to treat you with. I want to treat you with love, light, compassion, everything. And you got to start treating yourself that same exact way. And you can't do that if you're abusing yourself with food. It's really no different than being addicted to booze or meth. If you had a booze or a meth problem, your friends and family would put you in rehab. If you have an eating problem, they don't say anything because they don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to hurt your feelings either. 
but I want to see you win. And I want to see you win long-term. And I know the only way you can do that is if you start to address the mental reasons, the mindset behind why it is you're doing what you're doing. Step one, guys, if you're a reader, even if you're a listener, The Overweight Mind is available on audio. It's available on Kindle. It's available on paperback. Go to Amazon today or go to theoverweightmind.com. Get yourself a copy. If you've already got a copy, pick it back up. Read it. Go through it. Do the exercises in it. I got an Amazon review one time. This lady said, well, I didn't want a workbook. I just wanted to read. Well, Betsy, you picked the wrong damn book because this is a big deal. And I didn't write a book just so you could have a little fun reading. This book is straight business, straight down to helping you get to where you need to get to. So get the book, read the chapters, do the work, and you will make a transformation at the end of the book. Keep the book, go back, reassess it, pick a chapter, go through it. Am I still doing what I need to be doing to get where I want to go? Growth, success, transformation is an ongoing process. It's not a one-time shot. So guys, love yourself, love each other, be cool to yourself, be cool to each other. We will talk again soon. And until then, know that I love you, know I'm here for you, and I want the best for you. Have a beautiful day. We'll see you soon.